When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The world is facing a global fish issue, or fishu, if you will. One-third of the world's fish stocks are being overfished, and most of the efforts to prevent this involve exclusive zones in the ocean managed by individual countries. But a study released this week shows how the world's fisheries are all closely connected in a small world network, and how overfishing in one zone can affect all of its neighbours. Izzy Clark spoke with James Rising from the London School of Economics to find out how. We looked at how currents are going to distribute spawn of each species of fish that we looked at. And we looked at over 700 species to figure out where those spawn end up and then to try to understand where are those fish originally coming from when they're spawned as eggs. And what did you find? We found that the oceans are incredibly interconnected and that, in fact, about 8 billion pounds of uh, fish extracted per year are coming from international waters. That's 8 billion British pounds, uh, about 10 billion US dollars. Gosh, that's a lot of money. Absolutely. And there are a large number of countries that very much depend upon their fisheries for their economic well-being. And because of this interconnection, if, say, one country is overfishing, there Mm -hmm. won't be as much spawn, so therefore there will be less to travel, say, to a neighbouring fishery. Therefore, that will reduce their amount of fish as well, or even, even further afield. That's exactly right. And one of the really interesting things that we found is that the way that these different fisheries across the globe are connected is in a way that's called a small world network. And and that's a bit of jargon, but I'm going to it's probably something that you've come across before because small world networks are the way that total strangers are connected to each other by 6 degrees of separation. For any person in the world or any fishery in the globe, it doesn't take very many connections to get from one side of the world all the way to the other. For fisheries, that matters because you can have a cascade of disruptions or failures where if a fishery is mismanaged in one area, that can lead to problems much further away than even the the distance of those fish spawn. And do we know which countries are more affected by this impact or does it affect everyone equally? The most important hotspots that we found were across the tropics, in the Caribbean, in the Western Pacific, uh, in West Africa. But actually, any place where there are countries that are close together that depend a lot on fish for part of their food or economy could be at risk. And another one of the areas that we found was actually northern Europe. Around the Baltic Sea, there is an incredible amount of movement of fish and and currents that are moving fish spawn from one country to another. 
how are you able to collect all of this information and know that this is the case? A number of data efforts have been developed over the past several years. One of those data efforts was just to understand how much catch is being taken out of the oceans. There are pretty good records for catch from industrial fisheries, but we were able to also look at artisanal and recreational fisheries, that is, people who are um, fishing just for the, the joy of fishing, and more importantly, subsistence fisheries, fishers in small villages who are just fishing for their own food security. We then combined that with information on individual fish species life cycles to understand where fish are spawning, how long their, their spawn float with the currents. And then finally, we had to model how those spawn were floating around the world. And for that, we used a model of how debris and, and particles can float. With this mistreatment of fisheries, what impact does that have, say, on you know, food stock and livelihoods? About 18.5 million fishers depend upon productive fisheries across the globe. And if your neighbor is fishing down fish for their own benefit, you can't ensure food for yourself. That's going to be a big issue. And actually, about 3 billion people across the globe, almost half the world's population, depends upon fish protein for at least 20% of their protein intake. So this is a pretty important issue from a food security perspective. What needs to change? Management needs to happen with international agreements, with cooperation. One of the easiest ways is protected areas that focus on spawning grounds, which allow the species to continue to be productive and to provide their benefit to all the countries that depend on them. James Rising there from the London School of Economics. That study was published in the journal Science. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.